0: WXDXFM fm Pittsburgh.
1: I sincerely think that. The Browns, the Ravens, the Bengals, for as many woes as we think the Steelers are, those three teams right now are part of the reason why they're going to go to the playoffs again and why Ben Roethlisberger does have a chance at another Super Bowl this year, minimal though it might be. Now, we just got finished talking to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, a national rights holder that has NFL games that has to be worried about the numbers that we just put out there. The lowest national broadcast of any kind of NFL football game since 1998 between the Ravens and the Chicago Bears. So, knowing that, I wanted to go down this path next. And it has to do with the Anthem. Because we still don't have an national anthem policy in effect for the NFL and what they're going to do. And now preseason games are starting. And I can take this conversation in any number of branches. And I want you to chime in on anyone you feel most comfortable talking about or wanting to vent about. And part of it is... Do we still think that the anthem is the big reason why people aren't watching? Because I have never felt that. I have never thought that. I think people use that as a convenient excuse. I think people like to feel good about speaking up about something. I think it's awfully easy to yap about how you're not going to watch a game on Twitter because of the anthem, and then on Sunday when it rolls around, you're at the corner bar having an imp and an iron and watching the Steelers. That's really what I think happens more than what is reflected in the ratings. I think items like cord cutting come into play, uh, the ability to watch games in different manners, whether it's on TV or on your phone or whatever, uh, catching the highlights later, uh, getting highlights on Twitter... Things of that nature. That's why ratings are down, and that's why it's easier to find games in various ways as opposed to even going to the ballpark in the first place, or going to this football stadium in the first place. For reasons like that, that's why I think you hear topics of conversation about an attendance crisis or a ratings crisis with the National Football League. I don't think it's as much about the anthem as people want to make it sound. And we are divided in the country, and people who like Trump want to side with Trump on all things Trump, and Trump makes this into a big deal all the time, especially whenever he's cornered on something else. He brings up the anthem as one big distraction so he could talk about something that's like a piece of low-hanging fruit. Trump is smart enough to know that sports get people enthusiastic. Sports also divide people. Sports enrage people. Sports enthuse people. So he uses that as a way to get them to stop talking about Russia and Comey and Stormy and everything else. 412-333-9939. But the fact that we don't have an anthem policy in effect right now is interesting to me because I want to see how the players handle themselves during the preseason games. Now that they're all starting, now that it's not the Hall of Fame game, it's in individual stadiums, and maybe not in week one, because week one is going to have a lot of veterans and a lot of star players who aren't going to play, but week two of the preseason, especially week three of the preseason, uh, are they going to kneel or not? I mean, like, do you only kneel during the regular season because you know more cameras are going to be on you? Hey, look, I'm one who has always said, and I'm not going to revise history here, I'm one who has always said that I've never been on the side of those who kneel during the anthem because I'm not quite sure if they really understand what they're kneeling and protesting over. This goes back to the Antoine Rose situation here in Pittsburgh. And I've said this till I was blue in the face and I'll keep saying it. There's no excuse for anyone on an NFL team that knelt or wanted to kneel during last year or has talked about it this offseason to have not said something, something publicly about what happened with Antoine Rose here. You aren't allowed to be ignorant of that. You aren't allowed to have missed that just because it's a local story here in Pittsburgh and you might live in Arizona or Florida or Texas. you got to know about that. If you're going to make that a social priority, that a story like that is a national story for you, even if you don't live in the local quadrant of the country where it occurred. Period. So I have always felt that Kneeling during the anthem and protesting during the anthem has been a mischanneled way for football players to show support for something that they think Colin Kaepernick is sincere about, and I don't think he is. You know, I, I think that it's awfully hard for me to listen to a guy who talks about national unity when he's wearing pig socks to try to bring this country together over this topic. And I've never seen the reason why the flag and the anthem had to be the subject of his ire for what he's trying to get across. That was my big picture view on the anthem thing. But for those who decry Colin Kaepernick, for those who attack the players for kneeling, I've got a question for you. Is the anthem really about the players or is it for you? Because I've always felt that aside from the literal moments where the game is going on, football, basketball, hockey, baseball, the actual moments of action, everything else on a football Sunday or a hockey Saturday or a basketball Sunday, that's all for you. The rest of the show is just for you. And the show includes the pregame show. Like, you had to remind me that college players weren't on the sidelines for the anthem and they came out afterwards. I plum forgot. I didn't even realize it until it was was brought up when the Kaepernick thing first happened. I didn't notice. Because the anthem is for you. The anthem is for the fans. So, if it's that important, and the anthem were to be bumped up 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 8 minutes, however it works, to have the anthem and then the player introductions, uh, would you go? I mean, if you're a season ticket holder... If it's so important to see the anthem honored, would you make sure your butts were in your seat 8 minutes earlier, 10 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier? Because I see a lot of empty seats at Heinz Field as the player intros are starting, and then, like, that's the cue to come in. So if the anthem is that important of the process for you to honor the troops and honor the flag, would you make sure you were in there to hear it sung or hear it played by the Pittsburgh Symphony. Or hear it sung by the Barbershop Quartet. Or the Fife and Drum Band that they have all the time. Like You act like it's real important if it's honored in the way you want it to be honored. But do you care enough about it that if it was, if it's, if it's really for you, and, and I think it is. I don't think it's about the players. The players, unfortunately, made it about themselves. But you didn't even notice if they were there or not until Colin Kaepernick came along. I mean, honestly, tell me. 412-333-9939. Butch, calling from the Parkway. Butch, you're on 105.9 The X. Uh,
2: hello. I, I just think there's a long list of reasons why the NFL isn't selling currently. I don't think it has much to do with the, uh, the anthem. I think it's important to remember Donald Trump has a grudge against the NFL because his, his league didn't succeed. Um, and it came in second place.
3: Oh, sure he does. I mean, of course he
1: does. And, uh, and, and a lot of the players that are in the league are aligned on the other side politically from him, and that's another reason why he has a grudge.
2: I personally feel strongly about the, the uh, anthem. I stand up, whether it's on TV or the radio, but as far as protests go, I mean, that's about as peaceful as it gets. You're not starting a fire, you're not starting a riot, you're not breaking somebody's window. How, how much more polite of an uh, of a protest could you possibly have. I, I think people fail to look at that aspect of it also.
1: Right, and I think they fail to look at why it's important to them. They're seeing someone do something that they wouldn't do, so they equate that to right and wrong, whereas I'm talking about the matter of importance. For as much as this has become such an important topic, I wonder how important it is to a lot of people, like Uh, do you go running into the bowl of the stadium if you hear the anthem and you're in the beer line? Uh, Do you make sure you lose your spot in the bathroom line so you can look at the flag while the song is being played? Uh, Are you somebody who always takes your hat off in the concourse if you're not in the bowl area as you're walking up? Do you stop on the railing on the way up to your seat? I I don't see a lot of that. In games that I go to, I don't see 100% participation to the level that I'm being told should be put on the players from the fans themselves. And the anthem is for you. It's never been for the players. Brian, you're on 105.9 The X.
2: Yeah, I'm just wondering if the fans at these games are following the players uh, and and sitting or kneeling, not standing for the national anthem. What, what's happening in the stands?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Since I'm in the press box for a lot of this, I don't really know. I haven't been in a game yet where I've been seated, And I have. I've gone to games in various places as a paying customer, and I haven't seen protests around me. Uh, I've seen in the press box once or twice people do that, and frankly, I don't pay attention. But it's a fair question, and yeah, I wonder if the same level of outrage is shown towards a person as would be the players themselves. Or maybe people aren't even paying attention to the song anymore, Brian, and they're just looking at the sidelines to see who isn't participating. Thanks for the call. DJ in Newcastle, you're on 105.9 The X.
2: Timmy, how are we going? Bud?
1: Good, DJ. What's up?
2: Hey, just two things. I just want to know why it seems like a big deal that it's forced patriotism. I mean, I'm, I'm as patriotic as they come. I represent, I respect, but like, why does it got to be forced on me at a uh, Steeler game if, if I choose to not, whatever, right? Like you said, if I'm in the beer line, am I forced to go be patriotic? And second of well, all, well, you
1: shouldn't be, but I mean, you should be if you're holding the players to one level of accountability and you're not doing it yourself.
2: Correct. I think like, I'm on board with you. I think the, yeah. the peanut vendor should stop. I think that uh, the, the usher wiping off the speech should stop, but that doesn't count. So I feel like it's forced on us that I'm an idiot because I'm in the beer line and I'm not up. And second of all, Timmy, um, what I wanted to ask is how many people do you think, and I would love to see you put a poll up on the, on the website. How many people do you actually think stand up at home? I realize that I don't do that. I'm sitting there watching the Pens game and Jeff Jimerson comes on and I don't get off my
1: chair. Well, that's right because that—that's I- part of what I'm saying. Is and thank you for the call. I appreciate it, DJ. It's part of the show. There, there is a show element. You are showing patriotism. It's a big event. You play the national anthem, and if you're not part of the show at home, just hearing the song doesn't have to be a cue for you. So I, I do think there's a differentiation. Like the last guy you called, said, I stand? I hope you're not standing if you're listening to it in your car. I mean, like. <laughs> And like We do get silly about this. Like th- This is like, I'm a better American than you. I'm a better patriot than you. Listen to me and how patriotic I am. I pull over on the parkway if Joe Block takes a break from the play-by-play and sets up the batting lineup, and then all of a sudden the anthem plays. I pull the car over so I can stand in the breakdown lane. That makes me a better American than you. And it gets showy in that regard, too. And that's where I get upset about it if, you know... What if the players aren't part of the show and they just leave them in the locker room until the anthem is played? Would we notice? Because I don't think any of us noticed about the college level until this whole thing erupted on the pro level with Colin Kaepernick. One line open. Rick, Jim, Matt, we get to you next. 412 333 99 Terrell Edmonds, Steelers first round pick coming up later on in this hour. Tim Benson for you on The Mark Madden Show, sponsored by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956 and on 1059 The X. And
0: now, the super genius, Mark Madden. I would
2: want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark, great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic.
0: The X at
1: 105.9. Mark Madden out today. Dayon on in tomorrow. Tim Benz with you today. Dayon was in yesterday. I was in Monday. Day and I together at 530. Got all that good. Let's get back to it. Plan to get to here. Got a phone call. Actually, a guy just hung up. I was going to go to him next, but I'll answer his question anyway. Why don't the Steelers trade Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown to Oakland for Khalil Mack? Well, number one, they can't trade a guy who's not under contract. And as of now, Le'Veon Bell is not under contract. Number two, as it relates to Antonio Brown, he is under contract for a couple more years, whereas Khalil Mack is on the fifth-year option, so they're going to have to renegotiate a contract for him anyway. He's a free agent after this season, and he has a $13 million cap hit right now because he's in the fifth-year option of his contract, which I don't think they can absorb. So it's not that simple, and why would you want to get rid of Antonio Brown? Like, what, because there's no drama apparently associated with Khalil Mack? He's holding out. 412-333-9939. Uh, had a lot of conversation about the anthem. Let's get back to that. Talk to Rick. Rick, you're on 105.9 The X.
2: Hey, man. Big fan. Big fan. Um, I was just curious. Why don't they put the anthem uh, before the players come out? And that way... Well, that's what I just said. Kind of that's, the... that's, that was
1: the premise of what I was talking about. In college, yeah, I heard, you're, you're I looking heard at you the band. Before, yeah. Like the, the, the band is fun to watch. Like you like you go to an Ohio State game, the dumb tuba player comes out, dots the eye, they play the anthem, everybody's happy, and then the players come out. That's what they should do right. in the NFL. And we, ne- we never right. would know the difference, but now it's a politicized thing. Now, if the players stay in the locker room, it looks like you know the NFL is hiding them, and Trump won or something like that. Or the players feel like they're being told they can't express their individuality. Um, so th- there really is no winner at this point with the way things have gone but that would have been that that is a smart thing to do is just to change the whole process and who cares about how it looks just make it more streamlined and easy to end the damn debate that's what i say
2: right right well it puts it on the player's shoulders if uh... they do have it before the game because it kind of says hey you want to stand for the flag you come out when this uh, anthem's not on and if not, then you know, you know. Well, what you're okay, well, Rick, and th- <laughs>
1: I'm glad you brought it up, and and I'll segue back into the thought because where I'm going with that take is, how would the fans respond if they did that? And, and that's why I brought up the topic in the manner that I did. Is it really important to you how somebody else expresses their patriotism? So if they feel like they're being patriotic by standing up for a belief, and you don't like how they're expressing themselves then should it matter if they're not on the field to do it? Because now it's turned into not so much, I want you to honor the flag the way that I honor the flag, I'm forcing you to honor the flag the way I honor the flag. Because people who are on the side of Trump for trying to force the NFL to come up with a forced nationalism policy, you want to see the players out there and you want to see them lose this battle. And that's not the point of the song. That's not the point of the activity. The point of the activity is to honor the flag, honor the country. And now if you're saying, no, they can't just stay in and have the band play it or have the lone trumpeter play it or the fifth grade chorus sing it. They have to stand out there because I want them to know they lost this battle. That's counterintuitive to why the song is being played in the first place. Adam, calling from the parkway. Go ahead, Adam. You are on 105.9 The X. Adam, you there? Yes, Tim. Go ahead. You're on.
0: Hey, uh, I just wanted to weigh in with the flag thing. Um, You know, we all have different ideas of what it represents. And, you know, you said at home people don't stand up in the car, things like that. But when you kneel down, you're going in the opposite direction of you know, neutral or standing up and saluting. You're, you're doing something negative. You're kneeling down for the flag. So I can see how that offends people. Um, also, the U.S. Army gives money to the NFL, so they do that whole charade in the beginning to get nationalism, to get people to join the Army and things like that. So really...
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't about know but like the playing fun. the anthem before a baseball or a football game goes way back before they started doing... You know, televised ads, and there was a partnership between the NFL and the U.S. military. You know, and it's been in different—it's in different venues where there isn't such a partnership that exists. It's just—it's like saying the Pledge of Allegiance in elementary school. It's just something that you've done. To your first point, I agree with. I mean, look—I'm not someone who allows myself to get too bent out of shape about this, but I—I'm offended. When they kneel, I would prefer that they didn't kneel. I don't think that they should kneel because I don't think that's the point of the song. The point of the song is to honor what's best about the country. And then if you feel like there are bad things about the country, you use the good things about the country, which is freedom of speech, to act upon it. So I don't like the fact that they kneel. And they are going I, in the I other direction, but I, I just I don't want this to turn into now like a a war of wills, where if they try to come up with a solution which is keep everybody inside and have them come out afterwards, that that's viewed as a loss because the players aren't being forced to be out there and now humiliated over the cause. You catch my drift?
0: Yeah, don't you think so? If they did do that people would forget after a year, and it would just go back to no one would even talk about this. I think they were ready to do that before Trump
1: gave his speech in Alabama last year. Thank you for the call. And in fact, I know that was the case. It was dying. And you know what? That's like that's part of why I'm bringing this up now is that I haven't heard a lot of talk about the players kneeling now that it's preseason week number one. All that I've heard is, we don't know what we're going to do because there's no policy, and what if it happens? And... You know, like, for instance, if, if you're a fifth-round draft choice and you don't kneel in preseason game number one because you're afraid how that's going to look, and then you make the team and you're in uniform in regular season week number one and then you do it, like, what is that saying? You know, like, okay, I'm not going to kneel during the preseason because I don't know if I'm going to make the team or not, or I'm not going to kneel during the preseason because I don't know if anybody's going to notice or not, and then it's the regular season and it matters, and all of a sudden you're going to do it? You know, that's disingenuous in the other direction. You can tweet me, at Tim Benz, PGH, or call 412-333-9939. Still to come, Terrell Edmonds uh, we will get to more of some conversation about the anthem. Uh, the Steelers' first-round draft choice, we'll hear from him before the top of the hour. Uh, Bob joins me, oh, what was her name again? I got her. Amanda Eckblad. That's your homework assignment. In this great land of America, you have the freedom to Google Amanda Eckblad. We will discuss before we hit five o'clock. Tim Benson for Mark Madden on the X. X. And now
0: the super genius, Mark Madden. Bubble Lamb. Huge fan body. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. Still in the night, still in the night, still in the night. The X at 1059.
1: If you missed the hilarity that was hard knocks the Cleveland Browns, are gonna play those clips again in the five o'clock hour before Dan Kovacevic joins us. Uh also, come on a couple other NFL notes. Martavis Bryant, you might have heard about John Gruden ripping him and saying he's not really trying all that hard to be on the practice field. He's keeping himself out with an illness. He doesn't know the playbook. He's not consistent. Well, James Jones piled on that as well, a former Raider, who says that, from what he understands, Bryant just doesn't know the offense, period. And that's not a surprise to anyone. Boy, there's a hard knocks I'd like to see as an aside martavis and how he's getting along with john gruden you think it he's gonna be as patient as tomlin was no way and then there's aaron Rodgers, who had some interesting things to say since we're talking about the um cba and how that affects the whole anthem debate he said that he would get rid of the franchise tag because that would limit because it limits players movement their ability to move well no kidding yeah aaron no kidding And this is like stuff like this, like the players making such a big deal about the anthem. This is why the franchise tag will stay on the books, because they're going to make such a big deal about the anthem. They'll get their way on the anthem. They make such a big deal about being able to smoke pot. They'll get their ability to smoke pot at the next CBA, and then they'll give up a real important thing like the franchise tag or a hard cap. And, you know, for the record, Aaron... That's not the problem. I'd go the other direction. The hard cap that he's complaining about, that's not the problem. They should have a harder cap. That would make it easier, and players would not be holding out. You wouldn't see as much acrimony because at that point, like in hockey, you know you're making a deal for the length of the deal. There's no massaging it. There's no extra negotiation. There's no renegotiation or holdouts. You have your deal. You know what it is, and it's an easy, equatable, average annual value. You get what you get. Now, of course, there's the guarantee element to that, too. And if they do get guarantees, then fine, so be it. You'll just get shorter contracts. You'll get, like, two- and three-year deals, and that'll be it. They'll be guaranteed, but they'll be two- and three-year deals, and that's all. 412-333-9939. And I wouldn't be opposed to that, by the way. I'd be fine with that. Quarterbacks won't like it. I think a lot of other players might have an easier time getting deals done. All right, Michael, calling from the car. Hi, Michael.
4: Hey, Tim, how's it going? Okay. Hey, love the show. Thank hey, you. Uh, two things, I totally agree. The NFL has a problem because there is no clear-cut policy. They need to put one in place. With that being said, if you are if you were protesting during your work time, lunchtime, have be it, out in front of your place of business where you was employed, and it was stopping people from coming into you, the business that you worked at, and your boss came out and told you to stop, either you would stop or he would have to fire you.
1: Right, but, and, but the, the issue is you can't fire all the players, and the players are the reason why people are coming. There's not really an equitable parallel to be drawn there between average Joe workplace and what's going on in the NFL.
4: There is a slight correlation between people not showing up at the games. The dealer games are off by 6,000. Head count coming into the gate the nfl viewership is down some so there has to be something going on well well, no
1: there is and mike thanks but you know i'm not saying that the anthem is totally absent from the equation it's part of it for a slight portion of the fans that are staying away but attendance was dipping there was there was a conversation about attendance dipping and ratings dipping long before colin kaepernick said boo okay and my greater point was like you said if i'm doing something that's pre- that's preventing people from reading the trib or listening to the pregame show or something like that because i'm taking a political stance then yeah uh exactly then they've got a right to tell me to stop doing what i'm doing i i, I kind of remember something like that happening actually <laughs> doesn't mean i have to like it doesn't mean that i wasn't upset about it but eventually yeah you got to do it so you can but 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 that's different when people are only coming to see the players. They can't just fire all the players or else they have no product to put out there in the first place. Jason calling from Chippewa. Hi, Jason.
2: Hey,
4: Tim. How are you doing? Good. Um, so, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I just want to find out for sure. So, what is Kaepernick's beef with the with the National Anthem? Like, what's his protest about?
1: Well, exactly. We're so far away, we've forgotten. His angst is over police brutality against African Americans across the country. Yeah, and,
2: that's what I thought. So
4: how does that relate to the national anthem? That's kind of like me protesting the national anthem because I'm opposed to chocolate milk. Like, It's not quite they, the same thing,
1: because everyone loves chocolate milk, and I don't think we all love police, police brutality. I don't think so.
4: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I'm just... it's It's not like... It's not like he's... Why would you protest chocolate
1: milk? Who doesn't like chocolate milk? Are you more of a <laughs> strawberry quick guy? Do you like strawberry quick? Exactly. Strawberry.
0: That's the way to go.
1: Thank you, Jason. Uh, no, but I, I i tend to agree. I, I i have been saying this since Kaepernick started, that I think he's mischanneling his message. And like you just said, what are we protesting about? We are so far removed from having police brutality be part of the conversation that it's defeated the purpose because he brought the flag into it, because he brought the anthem into it. You bring symbols into something like this, you lose track of the message. He screwed that up. Lou is calling from Neville. Go ahead, Lou, you're on 105.9 The X.
4: What if you just let the players come out and kind of respectively
0: do what they want if they they want to kneel they want to stand they want to sit and i think eventually it would just die out trump can say all he wants but eventually it's it's going to become a boring topic you have a set policy and just stick with it no matter what you say to the players listen this is hurting our brand which is going to hurt you financially do what you want though and let them have their voice it's
4: not the end of the world oh well, Lou, you know what
1: hold on. you're on to something i can't i'm trying to find it feverishly scrambling here thank you for calling in I, I there is somebody there is a player who just said that in fact i don't know it might have been even aaron rodgers in this conversation that he had uh with the ringer but there was an nfl player who in essence made that exact point recently which is do what you're going to do let us do what we want to do and just don't pay attention to what trump says And eventually it'll go away. Now, will it hurt at the box office? Will it hurt with ratings? I don't know. I think we're gonna reach it like we reached a saturation point with how many people were watching the NFL. We are gonna reach a saturation point with people not watching or not going though. It's not gonna dip so far, the ratings aren't gonna dip so far that it gets below fifty five thousand a game at Heinz Field. It's not gonna dip below Uh, at least dip to the level that we were talking about for that rotten preseason game for any regular season game of consequence. It's not going to go that low. And it's certainly not going to happen because of the anthem. Um, The anthem thing was out there. Trump took the bait. Trump said something. The NFL and the players took the bait. And now we're in a vicious cycle. So somebody has to dump out of it first. And the brand stuff comes into play. At some point, the players are going to realize that if the game isn't there, we're not important. So if we damage the game's reputation to the crisis point that we're suggesting, the players have to realize, you know what, this isn't good for us, and since no one's talking about police brutality anymore anyway, maybe we should just stand for the anthem and channel our efforts more intelligently. 412-333-9939. I right, said so we'd get to Terrell Edmonds, Steelers' first-round pick. Got a chance to catch up with him at St. Vincent College in La Trobe. The state, The Steelers' safety talks about first and foremost here what it's like being a first-round pick that gets one-third of the attention and maybe a third less than Mason Rudolph and James Washington, the guys drafted behind him. Here's Edmonds on 105.9 The X. That's what it's like being a first-round draft choice, but two skilled position guys after you in the draft. Has that allowed you to develop more quietly as a first round pick and not have so much of the spotlight on you specifically? Because you have a quarterback and a wide receiver, of real big name repute, as that sort of allowed you to not be in the spotlight so much as a first round pick. I mean, honestly,
5: you just gotta go out there and play your game. So regardless if you were in the spotlight or not, you just got to go out there and give it all you got and go out there try to learn everything as fast as you can. So that's what I've really been focusing on.
1: You know, I was wondering if that might be a little bit easier for you as a transition out of college into the pros because I'm sure people are watching Mason Rudolph. A lot of people are familiar with James Washington from his days at Oklahoma State. If that sort of allows you to just, just be a rookie as opposed to being the bell cow for the whole draft class. Uh, honestly, I don't really even read until all of
5: that. So whatever people say, I just let them talk and then I just... Like I said, I go out there trying to learn everything, try to be the best, uh, try to help out the best way I can for my team. That's what I'm really trying to do.
1: And how do you feel you're doing in that regard? How do you feel you've come so far since you reported?
5: I feel like I'm coming along well. Everything's coming along good, learning the playbook, learning everything, and
1: it's all coming together good. If you were to compliment yourself this far, what would it be? And where would you most criticize where you are to this point? Compliment myself just
5: giving 100% every play. Criticize. I usually don't try to beat down on myself too bad because there's a lot of football left throughout the day. So I, I still I'm on myself hard, but at the same time, uh, you got another play that's coming right behind that. So you got to make sure you're ready for the next play. I
1: know you guys haven't been able to hit a ton yet, but they are trying to tackle more here in this camp than they have in years past because of the missed tackle numbers from last year. How did you grade out last year at Virginia Tech in terms before your shoulder injury? Before when it comes to tackling and how much of an emphasis has that been for you as a rookie from the coaches?
5: Uh, It was, they always talk about tackling as a whole, not just pertaining to me, but um, Virginia Tech, I graded out well, I I did pretty good at Virginia Tech, everything was smooth there, Uh, the coaches always said I did good at Virginia Tech, so I'm just trying to bring it up to this next level and hopefully everything comes together. Seems like your athleticism has flashed on a few occasions thus far already, you happy about that? Yeah, I am happy, it's it's been good out there, just going out there playing my game. I asked Tomlin about that yesterday and he said, well he better. Uh, I mean, like I said, I just go out there. I just play my game. I don't let let nobody say nothing to get me too high, say nothing to get me too low. Go out there, play my game, and I know at the end of the day
1: what I can do. Goal line, how are you evolving in that package? Because I saw you got quite a bit of run there early on in training camp. Uh, Especially with Morgan Burnett being out. Really, I don't know what to
5: say to that because it's just you going out there, you get more and more reps. Sometimes they might beat you. Sometimes you got to knock it down, so it's just friendly competition, teammate competition, we're making each other better
1: iron sharp as iron. And it sounds like you've gotten a little bit more playing time because Morgan has been out, and you feel like you've maximized on those reps that you've gotten? Uh, reps, regardless if this first
5: team, second team, or third team, you still got to maximize however, because they want you to perform regardless With what uh, string
1: you are. And they're leaning on you quite a bit for the communication aspect of this game too, of this defense, yeah. correct? Because you're going to have to be different, a different guy within different plays, as it has been told to us. Yeah, the
5: safety position, every safety and every DB, you got all, everybody got to be on the same page. It's one sound on defense, so everybody's communicating, um, everybody's talking, and we all got to be on the same page.
1: Interesting side note to that conversation with Terrell Edmonds. Did the whole interview with me while kneeling. Still taller than me, though. Funny how that worked. Uh, he's done a nice job in camp. His athleticism has flashed, as Mike Tomlin said uh, to me when I was talking to him on the field after practice one day. Well, it better. That's why we made him a number one. Uh, I think he can play strong safety, and I think he can play what they call a lurk defender. I think that's kind of become the Cam Chancellor kind of phrase for how they're going to use him. Uh, Think Rover, as Penn State used to use its safeties. That's kind of what he did at Virginia Tech. That'll be what he does in this dollar package, I believe. He's kind of playing strong safety in that dollar package, and I think Marcus Allen is the guy who's playing the... Lurk defender or the rover position. Uh, I think someday that will be Terrell Edmonds, and I think he will be good at it. It is kind of interesting, though, that he is the first round pick, and more or less he's what uh, getting the attention of like a third or fourth rounder because you got Mason Rudolph and you got James Washington to take all the headlines. Four one two three 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 ninety nine. 39, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get back to the Anthem conversation. More on Ben Roethlisberger and his chances to win a Super Bowl in the final hour of the program. We'll get back to the Sidney Crosby conversation as well. And Amanda Eckblad, did you do your homework and look her up? This is why this country is great. Because I can just say that name and you can find her at the snap of a finger. Uh, and I'm going to leave those puns alone moving forward. It's 105.9 The X
0: your are coherent. The X at 1059.
1: Mark off today, day on in tomorrow, day on on with me at five thirty. Tim Benz with you right now, being joined by Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Bob, moments before the show began, said, Have you ever Googled the name Amanda Eckblad? And I said, Well, why would I do that? And he said, Well, you should. And I did. And now I will keep doing so. Remember back when we were doing the Shallow End of the Gene Pool segments on the X Morning Show and we would stumble across the female teacher in Hillbilly Town X has intercourse with male Hillbilly student who is 17 in Trailer Home Y. And you get to the teacher and you're like, oh, kid, what are you doing? I'm 100% convinced that this Amanda Eckblad from Wisconsin did this to launch her modeling career.
3: Aren't you? Truancy officer. She's a truancy officer. She wasn't even a teacher.
1: She's a a truancy officer. A criminal
3: justice degree at the age of twenty-two, and the kid was seventeen. And what happens is, and of course, all of the social media now—they're only leading their story with her picture. And then guess why? Wouldn't you guess what this school employee (laughs) did? Well, the first thing she did, officer. Right. The first thing that she did was she bought a kid a gun. Like, she stood in place for the kid. Like, the kid needed a gun. He's too young. He's 17. See, we used to do that with hobos when it came to buying liquor at Syracuse. <laughs> that's what we would do. Buy them guns? No, we didn't buy them guns. <laughs> yeah, bought them a gun that said knock over the liquor store. because tell a hobo with a gun. That's, hey, you know, I know that there's... Why some... would they rob the liquor store when they could just rob us it, for the money? Exactly. So, she buys the kid a gun. She gets arrested. As they're looking for evidence through her phone and other social posts, they find a video that's... With the same kid who was a student at the school. It's child porn now. It's Yes, yeah, they so got it for got, kiddie porn. Right, she's got all sorts of different stuff. But the, they don't tell you that when they put the picture up and say, guess what she did? Well, yeah. she is a hard nine. Okay, not the mugshot.
1: If you go to the mugshot, yes eh, soft seven. But a hard nine when she's made up here. This is a whole generation removed from the stories we used to find. But isn't
3: it crazy, though? I mean, how many times have you seen stories like this? Like, remember the guy who was in prison for murder and they Aaron put Hernandez, no, not the football player, just some guy. And they put his mugshot online and it had like a little teardrop for one of the people that he had killed or something. And people went nuts. He got like marriage proposals. Yeah, sorry, I about that. Yeah. And then when he got out of he jail, he's a model. He's a model. He's a this model. Is what's going to happen to her? She's, so, she
1: did this to launch her modeling career. Right, so I have you no say that doubt.
3: She's facetious, facetiously. No, I do not. It's it like
1: 100% mean it. Yeah.
3: So, oh well, I don't think it's, it's terrible what she did. I don't think it's the last we've heard of. Amanda Eckblad, though.
1: Speaking of uh, modeling careers, Bob, male mar- model Chris Archer. Have you been watching this game out of the corner of your eye during the show? I
3: almost saw male model Chris Archer get his head taken off oh, wow. uh, by a comebacker to the mound. And it's
1: been five innings worth of me watching this game going, wow, I thought that inning was going wow, <laughs> to be worse. Wow, I thought that inning was going to be worse. Wow, I thought that inning was going to be worse. Nonstop, that's all I've done.
3: And then all you see, like in stories from Tampa, stories for when you get him his first outing last Friday night, well, that's Chris Archer. You know just you know he, he, well, you he know what actually, masterfully, but when they get a hold of one
1: wow uh, i'll I'll give credit to the guys across the street on this one. I heard them talking about this story from the ringer, which was critical of the archer trade insofar as basically just saying, well, it did nothing but make up for the Garrett Cole trade or try to make up for the try garrett to make Cole. up it, for it. it actually yeah. made the garrett Cole trade look worse, and that's an opinion that I put out there for as much as I was in favor of them getting archer. It was basically an admission that you. We're just giving a load of BS about the you know Minnesota Twins line of last year. Because if you really believe that, you really thought you had the ability to be the Minnesota Twins, you would have held on to Garrett Cole. Yeah. Because you got rid of Garrett Cole, and now you go out and get Chris Archer. There was some credence to that. And for as much as people love the fact that they got Archer because it makes it look like they're making a run, let's not kid ourselves. There's a lot of financial element to this, too. John Neese cost him $8.5 million. He's costing them nine next year yeah. and 11 after that. Yeah, exactly. He's still a bargain for them.
3: Exactly. I mean, and even if he's their third starter, he's a bargain. Well, the funny thing is now is that both sides of this argument are true. It just depends on what you want to put at the forefront. It's how it, you want to advance the point. It's why it, you want to frame the story. Exactly. And I'm fine with, uh, you know, in my knowledge that, okay, maybe I do have a little bit, you know, in the cartoon when the when the guy turns into the donkey or the sucker. You know, that that's me right now because I'm just glad that they did something last week. I'm glad that for Pirate fans, they finally got some sort of okay, we're going to try here. We're going to throw all those years of not doing anything of standing pat. We're going to make this move. We're going to make these two moves. We're going to try. That's all I wanted for the longest time. They did it. I'm fine with that now. I'm going to worry about how this all works out next year. Next year. Do I want them to make the wild card this year? Absolutely. Will I just be incensed or outraged if they don't? No, because right now it's kind of a cool wave, Tim, that they actually did something last week. Pans out perfect. If it doesn't, we're still got, you know, you still got some stuff to go through next year, and you've got control of both players for the next few years. Yeah, I'm still not
1: convinced that they got the best possible return for Garrett Cole. You know, like the fact that you went out and got Archer for what you did, I think. You could very easily argue that you gave up more to get Archer than you did in return for Cole. And if you had held on to Cole even till the deadline, the fact that you, the Pirates, were willing to give up Austin Meadows for Chris Archer, couldn't you have gotten something better than Musgrove and Moran for Garrett Cole
3: if you wanted to ditch him at the deadline? No, you're right, bruh. But you're killing my buzz. Oh my! And I'm we, just gonna. We do
1: have to play Jarvis Landry again at some point before Deion. That's comes all on, in right? the
3: past, Tim, man. I'm just riding this wave right now, bruh. I'm cool with this. I'm oh, cool.
1: The the Todd Haley and Jarvis Landry quotes from Hard Knocks just made my day. I
3: want to see I, the difference in ratings between Hard Knocks number one this week and Hard Knocks number two. I, I want to see the difference in ratings between hard knocks and a game. How about like, Jeff, if, you're, if you're a Browns fan, why would you watch the game when you could watch hard knocks? No kidding. Steeler fans should be into hard knocks Cleveland Browns as much as Cleveland Brown fans are into hard knocks Cleveland Browns. Todd Haley channeling his inner <laughs> Mike Tomlin,
1: don't live in your fears. The first sound bite you hear out of his mouth, it just it made me so happy. Yeah, I just, I laughed so hard when I heard that. Bull we'll played it in its entirety. Dan Kavachman coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. 412 333 99 39. Back in 30 seconds. More on the anthem, and we re- revisit our Crosby and Ben talk from earlier in the program as well. Tim Benzin for Mark Madden.